Hey, welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons, and I'm so glad that you decided to tune in to the broadcast today. I've got some, some great things that have just been stirring in my heart, some things I want to minister to you. But more importantly than that, some things I believe the Lord wants you to see. And we're going to pray together right now, and we're going to get into the Word. But I'm going to pray two things, that He would give you eyes that see it, and that He would give you ears to hear what he's saying to you. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We are so thankful and so grateful, Lord, that you are our God, that you are our Lord, and we were not left alone to try to save ourselves, but you've given us Jesus. You've given us a Savior, and we are so thankful to him and for him today. Father, we're going to come into your word, and I'm asking you that as we do, you would enable us to see what you want us to see to hear what you want us to hear. I'm asking for eyes that see Jesus and him only, ears that hear his voice, the voice of our good shepherd who calls us by name and who leads us out. We are in agreement together today over this, over this time in your word. I pray over everybody who's watching and listening from all over the world. And I'm asking you, Father, to bless them today, increase your grace and your anointing and your favor on their lives. And, and bless them, Lord, for putting your word first. I thank you for it and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to get right into the word today. And uh, so if you've got a Bible or you've got something on your phone you can follow along with, I, I really want you to, to get your eyes on the word of God today and see what he has to say to you. I don't know if you've um, been able to tune in over the last several weeks of broadcast, but right here on Legacy TV, all throughout the month of January, we were airing uh, a series of messages we called Fit for the Fight. And that was a message that the Lord had given us, and we preached it there live at Faith Life Church in Branson, Missouri. And if you missed any of those, you've got to go hear them. It was such an exciting time in the Word of God. And you got to learn to get excited about your time in the Word of God. And that was one of those times we, we really met with Him and we heard from Him. And there were some important things, I believe, in that message for you right now, if you're watching this at the beginning of the year, that was a really um, critical time to hear that word. So if you missed it, I want you to go back and get it. You can download the whole audio on our website, pearsonsministries.com. You can listen to it from our podcast, the Legacy Studios podcast. There's a number of ways for you to get these, word, get these messages, get these broadcasts. Download the app, the Legacy Studios app, and you can watch those broadcasts there. The point is, get it. Get it into your heart. Get it going in your eyes, in your ears. And, and, and like we prayed a moment ago, see the things that God wants you to see. Hear the things he wants you to hear. And the reason I bring that up is I believe that what we're going to get in today uh, and get into today and in next week's broadcast goes so perfectly with what we've already established as our course since the beginning of this year that it's going to be important if you're hearing this today to, to really couple it in your heart, in your thinking with what we've already established over the last several weeks. So let's go back to 2 Timothy chapter 2. And this was the foundation scripture for the Fit for the Fight series. And like I said, we're going to build on that today. 2 Timothy chapter 2. I want to begin reading again in verse 20. It says, In a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor, some for dishonor. Therefore, verse 21 says, If anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. So he's talking about 
in a great house, one like this, one like yours, there's a lot of different kinds of vessels, a lot of different containers, a lot of different things that get used for different reasons. And he said, there are some of silver and some, some of gold, some of wood and clay, some for honor, some for dishonor. He's just talking about the different ways you use these vessels. He says, if anybody will cleanse himself of the latter, he'll become a vessel of honor. And, and that's what you need to want to be. That's what I want to be is a vessel of honor, a vessel, he goes on to say, that's sanctified. That word just simply means set apart. It's not like all the others. There's something different about it. It's pulled out from the crowd. It's sanctified. And then he says this, it's useful for the master, useful for the master and prepared for every good work. I like the modern English version of this verse that talks about being fit for the master's use and prepared for the good work. That's what I want to be. That's what you ought to want to be is fit for the master's use. Man, it ought to be the, the very beat of our heart, the words coming out of our mouths. Use me, Jesus. Use me. Remember when the prophet Isaiah had that encounter in the presence of God and he cried out, here I am, send me. Do you remember that? That's early on, I believe, in the book of Isaiah. Here I am, send me. He's essentially saying the same thing. I'm here. I'm available. Send me. Use me. I want to be fit for your use. Now, we established this in the series leading up to this, but I want to reiterate it here. Jesus loves you. And that may, may be the best news you've heard all day. Jesus loves you and there's nothing you can do to make him unlove you. There's nothing you can do to make him love you less or to love you more. He loves you. And then you've got to get a revelation of that. The scripture talks about knowing and believing the love that God has for you. But you need to also understand this, just because he loves you doesn't necessarily mean he can use you. That's something else entirely. And I, and I know he loves me. I'm rooted and I'm grounded in that. But the next question I have to ask myself, and you must ask yourself too, is can he use me? Am I fit for the master's use? And, and this whole train of thought, this way of thinking began in me months ago when Sarah and I were away on vacation together, got up early on the first day of vacation and sat out on the balcony of the hotel room. And, and I was reading scripture and I was reading right here where Paul wrote these things in 2 Timothy chapter 2 to this young man, Timothy, pastor in this church. And the very verses that I'm reading to you right now is what's so illuminated to me. And the Lord spoke to me and said, Jeremy, I want you fit by 40. I want you fit by 40. So I'm 37 years old sitting here ministering this to you right now. That gives me kind of this three-year window where he's saying, I want you fit by 40. Now, I don't know exactly what's coming, but I do know something's coming and it gets me excited about it. I take that as a word from God to say, man, something's coming in the next two, next three years. There's a major change coming. Maybe it's a shift in our ministry. Maybe it's a, it's a change in, in, in our family and how we're doing things and, or whatever it is. I know something's coming, but right on the other hand, I got to recognize and realize that what he's saying to me is you need to get ready for it. So what's, what's the flip side of that coin? You're not ready right now. So being ready, being fit, being useful to him is something, is a condition that you and I, by his grace and by his help, get ourselves into being fit for the master's use. And notice this, not just useful to the master, not just fit for his use, but prepared 
for every good work. That just simply means you're ready. That just simply means you're ready when the opportunity comes. And that's the thing about opportunity. They don't last forever. There are windows of opportunity. There are doors of opportunity. They open and they close. So you need to ask yourself, am I going to be ready? When, when God swings open wide the door of opportunity in my life to do the thing, the thing he's called me to do, am I going to be ready to take a step through that door? Or am I going to be stuck at the threshold, unable to move forward, unable to, to cross that threshold into the room of my calling, stuck outside? Why? Because I wasn't prepared for it, because I wasn't ready for it. The reason I bring it up in this context is because he says he wants you prepared for every good work. And there is no greater work than the one he's called you to. Whatever it is God has called you, created you, graced you to do, that is the good and greatest work you'll ever do. You'll never be, you'll, you'll never be more productive, you'll never be more effective, and you'll certainly never be more satisfied doing anything else other than the, the thing he's called you to do. So, it's upon you and it's upon me to press into God and number one, find out what that is. What's the assignment on my life? Then once you know that, you have to ask yourself, am I ready for it? If he were to open that door of opportunity to do what he's called me to do right now, would I be ready to, to take a step through that door? See, one of, the, one of the places this is coming from out of me was, was really a place of correction that started, like I said, on that hotel room balcony looking out over the palm trees and the oceans. It's a beautiful scene, but the Lord's dealing with me on something. And it was, it was as corrective as it was exciting. And it can be that way when you realize he corrects you because he loves you. So when he's saying to me, Jeremy, I want you getting ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. And I realize something's coming, but I also realize I'm not ready right now. It's coming to you right now, coming up out of me, out of this place of, of correction, this place of, Lord, what do I need to be doing to get ready for the thing, to do the thing you've called me to do? Because, because I don't, I don't want to miss another opportunity. See, I'm, I'm where I'm sitting right now on this couch, looking into this camera. This whole thing was kind of a dream just a few years ago. The Lord spoke to Sarah and I and said, I want you to begin taking steps towards a television ministry. Well, he said that to us, gosh, two, maybe three years ago. So we got excited about it. And in our hearts and our minds and our conversation with each other and our prayer time, and our conversation with our staff, we let's begin taking these steps, you know, making a plan towards a television ministry. Well, weeks went by, months went by, a couple of years went by. And we're, we think we're getting ready for it, right? Well, we get this opportunity from my grandparents, Kenneth and Gloria Copeland, who started a television network. And my grandfather called and said, hey, when your broadcast is ready, I want you to come and be a part of this network. Well, that invitation came. And of course, we're excited about it. So we're going to just keep, keep prog progressing, right? And keep moving towards it. Well, I don't know exactly how this happened, but I sort of woke up and came to myself somewhere about seven months after that conversation. Maybe not quite seven, maybe it was more like five or six, but 
at one point I came to myself and realized, what am I doing? I've been given this opportunity. The door of opportunity has been swung open wide to me to do the thing God's called us to do, and I'm not doing it yet. So I had to take that, and and Sarah and I met together with our staff and our team, and I asked the guys, I said, are you familiar with the term, the expression, light a fire? (laughs) Light a fire under your feet? That's what I had to do under my own, and that's what we had to do together as a team when I realized I I wasn't ready. I I don't know exactly how, I could have been or would have been, but I know I should have been. When that phone call came and when he said, we're going on and you can be on with us, when that call came, I should have been ready. Now the Lord's merciful, he's kind and he's gracious. And I'm talking to you right now because of the mercy of God. But I also have to reconcile in my own heart the fact that I should have been talking to you months and months and months before we ever had this conversation that we're having now. It's a matter of getting ready for it progressing towards it, taking steps of faith towards what he's called you to do. So really, uh, you know, I'm asking you to ask yourself when that door of opportunity opens, will I be ready to take a step through it? Or you can ask it more simply like this. Am I ready or not? Ready or not? Matter of fact, that's what this message is entitled today. Ready or not? And I want to show you from scripture, we're going to look at this today um, and then in next week's broadcast, continue to build on it. But I want to show you a place in scripture where Jesus created and gave opportunity to people who weren't ready for it. Luke chapter nine, go there with me. Luke chapter nine, verse, we'll start in verse 57. Again, we're talking about being fit for his use and ready for the work. I've written this down here to be fit for his use. You must be ready when he calls. Somebody who's fit for the master's use or useful to Jesus or available to him to use is somebody who's ready when he calls. Luke chapter nine, verse 57. Look what happened here. It says, now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, said to Jesus, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus answered in verse 58, said, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. I think, I think if Jesus had like a marketing department in his ministry at that point in time, they probably all would have just like shook their heads and think, no, Jesus, don't, do not give them the foxes, holes, birds, nest speech again. People don't like that. Here's a guy that's come and said, hey, I'll go with you anywhere you go. And I think the discipleship recruiting department might have said something else. Might have said, yes, come travel the world with us. Take an adventure. See things you've never seen. There'll be miracles. There'll be healings. They'll be raising from the dead. Instead, Jesus looks back at the guy and says, really? You'll go wherever I go because I'm on the road. And you see that fox? He's got a place to sleep tonight. You see that bird? He's got a place to sleep. But we are on the road. We are going and we're not stopping. Almost like he's trying to talk somebody out of it. And I think to myself, we have in, in ministries and churches and businesses, we've created all these departments to try to to be alluring to people, to try to entice people into our congregations and maybe entice them out of that one into this one. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, we've, we've really approached this thing almost with a marketing standpoint when Jesus, when it came to marketing, he wasn't much on it, but he was one thing, honest. 
He was honest. He invited these people to count the cost of what it was going to take to be with him and to follow him. And he turned around to somebody else in verse 59. He said to another, follow me. But the guy responded to him and said, Lord, listen to this, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Verse 60, Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. Verse 61, another also said, Lord, I'll follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. In verse 62, Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Let me ask you something. Even though you don't know these individuals personally, you know some things about them. If you know some things about God, then you know some things about them. Number one, let me ask you this. Does Jesus love these people he's talking to? Well, you know the answer is yes. You know there's, there's human blood coursing through their veins. So yeah, Jesus loves them. Let me ask you another question about them. Are they called? Is there a call of God on their lives? Absolutely yes. For you and I, this term, this expression, call of God on my life. Sometimes for some people, it's kind of ethereal. It's kind of mystical. It's like, I, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. And you get to a place in your life, you're more confident. You really feel like you've heard from God. And that's a great place to be. But these guys, these guys got this, this ultra rare, ultra special eye-to-eye, face-to-face invitation from Jesus himself. Not everybody got that. There were precious few that Jesus looked at and said these two words, follow me. These guys got that. So are they called? Yeah, I'd say they're called. (laughs) When Jesus himself looks at you and says, come with me, come go where I'm going, stick with me, follow me. That is quite literally the call of God on your life. And it can be as real to you now as it would have been to them here in this day. But what's interesting is their response. Jesus said, follow me. Again, no marketing, no advertising, no no scheme, no ploy to entice. Just two words, just a two-word invitation soliciting a one-word response. Yes or no? Follow me. Yes or no? But what do they say? Well, the first one says, let me first. Did you notice that? Let me first. Let me first. Me first. If you know anything about God and the kingdom of God, it's not me first. It's kingdom first at all times, in all things, and always. It's kingdom first. It's not me first. But this guy says, yeah, yeah, sure. No, that sounds great. I'll come with you, but let me first go and bury my father. Then the next guy says, let me first, same two words, me first, me first. Let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. Now, Jesus' response to this is maybe not what you would typically think Jesus would say. And I think sometimes we need some mind renewal about how Jesus would respond to certain things. And I I think 
the stereotypical view of Jesus might be that he would say, okay, yeah, sure, that's, that's fine. You know, family, go take care of family. You, you've got loved ones, go say bye. I'll, I'll be here, it's okay. But that is not at all what Jesus said. As a matter of fact, he had some pretty straightforward, almost seemingly harsh words. Not, not harsh, not mean, just very, very direct about it. And he said to the first guy, you let the dead bury their dead and you go. And the inference here now is now. You go now. The call of God is now. The opportunity is now. You go preach the kingdom. Then the other guy said, let me first go home and bid them farewell who are at my house. And that's when Jesus said, look, anybody who puts their hand to the plow and looks back, you're not fit. I love you. I've called you. But as long as you're looking back, I can't use you. As long as there's still something else to do before you yield to the call of God, then you're not ready. As long as there's something else on the checklist, as long as there's one, two, three, four items above doing what God's called you to do, things you think have to be there, checks, boxes that you think you have to check, as long as those still exist, then you're not ready. And if you're not ready, then you're not fit. And Jesus loves you and Jesus has called you. But listen to me, my friend, he can't use you until it's him first. I laugh about this, Sarah and I've laughed about it some. You know, she and I will be getting ready uh, on a Friday night or Saturday night or something, maybe going out, see a movie together or going anywhere, going to a service, just heading out the door and kind of on the clock, you know? And I'll say, hey, baby, are you ready? Are you ready to go? And she says, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. All I have to do is, you know, put my makeup on. Or she'll say, yeah, I'm ready. All I have to do is get dressed. And any husband who is listening or watching this broadcast right now, I'm, I'm getting a lot of amens out there from you guys because you're thinking the same thing I'm thinking. If you still have to put makeup on, if you still have to get dressed, then you're not ready. You're not ready. As long as there's something else still to do before you're ready, then you're not ready. And that's the thing about almost ready. It's the exact same thing as not ready. So we're gonna build on this and I want this to resonate in your heart right now. Before we spend some time worshiping the Lord, ask yourself, am I ready? Am I ready or not? Is it me first or kingdom first? And all these things that you've listed out, things that you wanted to have in place before you stepped out in faith and did what God called you to do. Maybe it was, I wanted to have a little more money in the bank or I wanted to have be in this relationship or have this job established or be a little more established on in my education or get through college or get through this, that, or the other, get the kids off to school, whatever it is, you've listed out all these things and that you wanna get done before you say yes to the plan of God. I'm challenging you today. Take that list, reorganize it, and put the plan of God at number one and watch him take care of everything else. And if the kingdom is first, that's your first step to being ready. Are you ready or not? Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. 
You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.